show. A lot of conversations that sure do flow. Local comedians, man, you need to see them, baby. So check out Lynn's show. We have returned. Uh, we're back from the Mac. Uh, something in Macklemore. Uh, where'd he go? I saw the weirdest image of Macklemore today. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, I don't know what the show was, but he was dressed up like a Hasidic Jew, but like a very like unfriendly uh, uh, Hasidic Jew, like uh, like very like propaganda looking ish, like a very big fake nose. Okay, uh, we're not we're not staying on topic so far. <laughs> Hello, I am your host, Lynn Navratil. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of You Have a Lot of Options. Hit like, subscribe, uh, show me your Spotify raps. Uh, shout out Evan Christian Gold and, and Angela Barnes. Uh, they show me their Spotify raps where they listen to three podcasts, and I was one of them, and I was so happy about it. Uh, I'm right below Conan O'Brien. Take that, Conan. I'm coming for your number one spot. Uh, I'm very angry at Conan. Uh, that is my demeanor toward him, uh, I'm Team J. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Fifteen years later, I'm still on it. Okay, uh, but uh, let's not, we're not here to talk about Conan, Brian, and Jay Leno. Well, we might be. We'll we see about be. it. Yeah. We might be. We have a very special guest here today. He is a wonderful local comic from around uh, Kansas City. You can see him all over the place uh, working at the Comedy Club of Kansas City. Not just working there, but also working for them. He is a wonderful friend of mine, uh, and I love seeing his face every time I see him on stage because he's always got something original, uh, and I can't wait to talk to him about that. Uh, it's Mr. Gabe Perry, everybody! Hello! He was talking about me. I'm talking about you. You're talking about me. We're talking about she. Where's the she and the we? I um, I'm happy to be here. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing it, Gabe. Yeah. And this is a little bit later than I normally do them, so I do appreciate you doing no, it. No, no problem at all. No problem at now, all. Now, I, you are one of those people where it's like, okay, I see Gabe around a lot. I do like seeing him. I do think he's very funny. I don't know that much about you. Uh, I know that you will pop up and say something hilarious on stage and do something. Your the fact that you go first every time at the comedy club, uh, shout out comedy club of Kansas City, um, is and the fact that it's never the same thing is very. It makes my heart happy. Um, and I have so many thoughts about what you should do with that stuff, uh, but I will get into that later. Okay. Where do you, I don't want to say it's brave because that feels <laughs> like the, that feels like the lame take, but like, it does take courage to go up there and be like, oh, I'm in Jurassic Park taking photos, uh, but I'm not going, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to take photos while the Jurassic Park theme song plays. Um, yeah, I, um, so I, um, I first did. Comedy in 2004. Okay. Um, I did straight stand-up for a long time. 2010, I won Wichita's Funniest, mm -hmm. um, which I think Naylor went down and won eventually, too. But in 2010, I won it. And, like, for the next, like, decade from then until about... 2020, I only performed about three or four times. Mm. 
And I just kind of got fed up with the business side of it and everything, and I kind of got burned out on it. And I decided that I was ready to perform again, and then the pandemic happened. Um, Hell yeah. The world, God was just like, oh, no, no, Gabe. Yes. No, 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 Gabe. You put yeah. those thoughts back inside your head. Yeah, we went and saw Ron Funches at the club, mm-hmm. and and um, and I saw Dustin, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then, uh, like, literally, like, a month and a half later, everything closed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and so um, I spent that that next year kind of figuring out the pandemic, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, just like everybody did. Uh, and, um, I decided that I wanted to go back to performing, but I decided like, I don't want to do stand up. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to do something different. And I just kind of settled on that. I knew I wanted it to be, not straight stand-up, and that the idea was do all the things that I wanted to do before, but I didn't feel like I could because it didn't fit in a set list. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it started. I, yeah. And, and, and so, um, and so it's, it, that, that, that's how I came back to comedy doing all the weird stuff that I've been doing now. Yeah. Um, and, and then I basically set myself the goal of surely I can do a new three minute one person sketch essentially Mm -hmm. every single week. Without too much hassle, essentially. Like, it seemed like a very doable goal. Um, And then, and then from there, I just kind of, it's every Thursday is a little one man SNL or or Conan O'Brien sketch. You Mm -hmm. know, like it really, it really is. Like, I wanted it to be all of the weird comedy things that I couldn't just turn into a straight stand-up joke. And and then that's what it's become, so. Yeah, and it it is basically that. It reminds me of, I, I think it's Monty Python. I think Monty Python were the first people that had the, like, they would have a sketch, and then either during the middle of the sketch or at the very end, they would be like, and now for something completely different, yeah. and then just go into a whole other sketch. And whenever I see you on stage, I wish you had, like, I wish you could just do more time. I would love, here's, okay, I'm just going to pitch this to you. Please, please. I think that at the club, I know this is going to be a pain in the ass on you, but I think you need to stay for the entire show. I, I think that you, because I don't want to say you're a palate cleanser, but you bring the room back. Like you are the start and like if the host is not doing a good job or whatever, or they're just tired because they've just hosted the first show and now they've got to stick around for another two hours or they get to stick around another two and a half hours and then another three hours after that to do the open mic. Like it can get tiring. I love doing it, but it can get tiring. But if they don't have the energy, you come up, you do a three-minute bit, and even if it bombs, it gets everyone's attention. Yeah. But then I think that you need to stick around and then become a palate cleanser for if someone bombs. And then I'm just – I hate that I'm thinking of no, this one it, person please. exactly. But then Spencer just brings you back on stage <laughs> right. and it's just like, all right, guys, um – 
here's Gabe Perry again, and you just yeah. come up and you there was um God what was there was what was the bit that you did last Thursday? Um, this last Thursday I did the um oh God because I do something different every week. I, I it was I, the I, champagne. It I was the champagne thing. So basically, what I did was. Um, I played music, um, sort of vaguely aggressive uh, music as setup, um, just from a speaker off of my phone, and then um, I hung up Christmas decorations because the stage was already decorated, so mm-hmm. I sort of added to the decorations until now the sign on the backdrop behind the stage, now instead of saying the comedy club, now says the me club, mm-hmm. um, and then I basically did a big elaborate, like, fuck everybody, I'm the best, kind of, woo! And I just, I, you know, I just, I basically just did, like, a little kid's tantrum of, like, <laughs> celebrating myself, basically. Um, and then um, I, I, I basically left with, like, a big thing where I, I had set up champagne flutes, and I I had an elaborate sort of, I, I drank off my champagne, and I said that I, my glass was empty because I drank it, and their glasses were empty because they never had shit. <laughs> You know, I just think I was really insulting to the audience and the, and and everyone basically, um, and I just like I, I blew a little fake um, a little fake trumpet, um, and then basically made a big deal, and then I turned and just did an immediate pratfall and just threw everything. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I made a big deal about going backstage with like the headliner. We had sold out shows, so like yeah. you know, it was kind. Of, I sort of said like, "You you are all pieces of shit," and I'm going backstage to celebrate. And then I just tripped and fell and just made an elaborate pratfall, like like an old timey Three Stooges bit, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's so much fun. I was in the back cackling with Cole about the entire thing. Good, and I I I really just think. I just want to do one show where it's like five or six comics and then every like two, then you come back up, do a different bit and then just leave. And then it's not acknowledged. I, I had said, um, so I did since coming back to comedy, I've, it's been a year and, Mm -hmm. and, and I've been doing a different, I've taken about four, six weeks off. But I've done something different every Thursday since February. I've done mm-hmm. a different three minutes. Not everything's been three minutes. But but I did 15 minutes worth at a showcase in October. And that was, like, the first, like, time I'd done more than, like, four minutes yeah, yeah. since, like, 2013. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Now what I want to do is just kind of break all the rules a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly one of the things that I wanted to do is I want to go up multiple times in between and just do this bit's a minute and a half and then I leave the stage and then they bring somebody else up and then ladies and gentlemen Gabe Perry and then everybody's kind of doing the why would he you know and then and I come up and oh this bit was only 45 seconds and then I just immediately leave (laughs) and then oh well now here's another comic and then you know they come up and they're like ladies and gentlemen because by the fourth or fifth time like it's going to become a joke on its own of of like oh he oh it's gonna be him again isn't it you know like and 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 I I definitely think but but that's that's the reaction is is Dustin was just like no, no other club is going to let you do that. And I was like, exactly. That's why I want you to let me do it. 
I can see his face telling you, like, just the biggest smile. Just be like, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, he he had he had no interest in letting me do that. But but I'll work on him. You know, like I, that's that's part of what I want to do is I just want to like play with all of like the little things that like you're not supposed to do or or whatever. But not in like the antagonistic way. I just like I just want to like I just want to be a little kid about it. Like I want to do all the fun stuff I felt like I needed to be like tough and not do before basically yeah. is what this is about what was your act before this because you had done it for i don't want to say forever but you had done it for a long time before and then took 10 years off which we'll get to that here in a little bit but then just came back because you were missing it what was your act before this I, like anybody like like <clears throat> anybody that's a white dude in their 20s that, <laughs> you know i you know i i i liked bill hicks and you know and 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 stuff like that but but i was a i was a big greg giraldo fan and i was mm-hmm. a big Mitch Hedberg fan and and well i used to be a Chappelle fan i i will leave that alone um but like it just it was it was the same kind of stuff anybody was. I mean, it was drinking and dick jokes and you know. I mean, it, it you know it was it was the same kind. You know, I was a big Attell fan, I was a big Jim Jeffries fan. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. all of my jokes, like anybody's, everybody's jokes, sound like the people that they like at the beginning. And, yeah, and and so like people like that, like that was definitely like much more. And I, I mean, I have those jokes. I I could. Probably have, I could probably do twenty minutes of old material if I tried, but mm-hmm. like I'd have to think about it a little bit. Like, yeah, I, I'd have to. I'd have to. Do, I've done some stand up since coming back, but like kind of like here and there. I'll probably start doing some around, mm-hmm. but but uh, but right now, I the just coming up with something weekly is like all I really care about. I love the idea that you just have different notebooks full of stuff that's like, oh, well, this isn't a tell voice. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, is a, this is a Bill Hicks bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like it, like anybody. I mean, but like I grew up listening to like the, the Bill Cosby himself album or like Why Is There Air and like, you know, stuff like that with my parents. And so like I actually like listened to stand up like a fair amount of stand up growing up or like the Stephen Wright special from like 80 something he had an HBO special that's just absolutely incredible and but like I don't I never really wrote that kind of like observe I I have I have observational stuff but it's not like one-linery you know you are definitely not a dry one-liner person yeah it's 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 always you know it's my comedy like most like I said most white dudes in their 20s which is most <laughs> comics um is 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 usually it's basically just sort of what annoyed me and like now how do i make it annoy everybody else in the same way i mean a little bit you mm-hmm. know it's like yeah you know, oh this person p- did this thing i saw their bumper sticker and that was stupid so i gotta tell everybody how stupid it was and you know like uh, you know, like I said, I love Bill Hicks and stuff, and so it, you know, it had a tendency to be, you know, trashing religion or, mm-hmm. or you know, things like that. But, but it was also just about like being honest about like material and stuff too. Like I liked it because those people like told the truth. Like they didn't mm-hmm. like, like it wasn't like really like. <clears throat> 
I was like, I always, even from a young age, like I appreciated like comics that sort of like had that sort of preachery kind of style. Yeah, yeah you where know. it it uh, it's an observation that everyone has seen or at least has acknowledged. Like, oh, okay, this is weird, but then they're the ones going on stage and be like, "Have you ever have you ever noticed it's like this?" And everyone's just like, eh, "Yeah, it is kind of like that," but then they just keep going with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so then, um, I, uh, I just kind of made a conscious effort of, like, wanting to, like, do something different when I came back, so this mm-hmm. is what I've chosen to do. Do you have a favorite bit that you've done? That I've like, done? That, the like, the, just, like, the one-offs. Do you have a favorite one? Um, I really, I really like this one that I did last week, the one that I just described. I like that one a lot because I just thought it was funny because I'd been, I'd really wanted to do something to modify the sign for a while. Like, mm-hmm. that all started from an idea of, what could I change the sign to say? Yeah. Um, and so, I really liked that one. Um, the stupider the better. Um, <laughs> and, um, I've, I've, my favorite, and is probably genuinely is what I would call the very first one of these that I really did, that, like, really, like, became a thing, which was that I... I came out on stage, I had a piece of wood, a a branch, and then I sawed two rounds off of it, I pulled out a drill, I drilled pieces back together, I put it back up on the stool, I sawed another piece off, I pulled out a dust buster, I used the dust buster to dust buster up all my sawdust, clean up everything, and then I stood it up, and it was just a dick, I just made a dick. And and then I gave them like uh, oh hold on, and then I pull my pocket knife and then I quickly circum uh, you know I go around and I trim it up and then I give like a circumcised and then out I go, and I knew and I got it done I got it timed I did it in my backyard and I timed it out and I could do it in three minutes and that was and I was like I, if I can do it in three minutes and and that bit that bit like it that bit was built to destroy like i i knew i had something special i was like if i can do this and clean up in three minutes and like saw this drill it screw it back together like do it all and clean up in three minutes like this will be gold and and it works i mean it's just a solid bit the cleanup to me is probably the hardest part of it because it actually has to work as a cleanup and not just you being like okay please Dustin don't kill me I'm going right. to clean this up I swear yeah and and part of it is a lot of a lot of how I've been approaching this has been really like I've, I've been listening we are going to talk about Conan O'Brien okay um, uh, um, I am actually team Conan please, um, let, please no. let the record state uh, Conan, no I am uh, listening uh, I, I am very much team Coco, Coco. as you should be and as, as, <laughs> as everyone should be um but um I'm a huge Conan O'Brien fan. You know, I was born in 1980, so I, like, he went on the air when I was 13 years old. Like, Mm -hmm. it was prime, like, weird developing a sense of humor time. And and so I just, I just love that kind of weird sensibility of, like, because, and that's very much what I've been trying to go for with all of this stuff and and i just wanted to do like the weirdest things that i could and like uh, like i said like he he would have people like interrupt the show and mm-hmm. like you know do these things and you're like well you can't 
have somebody interrupt the show and and I that I've I've used a lot of that kind of stuff <clears throat> as like well, no, you can't do that. I'm like, okay, well, now I want to figure out a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, and part of it has just been about coming up with the biggest spectacle. But a lot of the writing has just been purely like, I'll see an image or I'll hear a sound or something. And I'll just be like, that'll get a laugh. I, th- mm-hmm. I think that'll get a laugh. And I knew that the Dustbuster, I, I just, I just, some, I just, I just went... If it's dead quiet, other than the awkward giggles of people going, what the fuck is he doing up there? (laughs) I said, when I I thought, like, when that dust buster just goes off into the middle of nothing silence, I thought, that, that's, that's funny. Like, that's, that's, that sounds funny without me having to actually do any work. And, 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 and now I'm just kind of on a quest to find little things like that. Like, uh, little, like, images in my head. Like, I was really annoyed at myself um, when I did the pratfall bit the other day. Yeah. Because I meant to put cocktail napkins on there. <laughs> because the, those cocktail napkins seesawing back and forth in the light, that, I mean, that just would have, oh, just would have been that extra little bit. And But, like, that's the fun part is, like, <clears throat> most of these are just trying it out to see if it works. And then it's like, okay, now I'll refine it and, like, do something with it. But, yeah, like, yeah. there was, let's let's see if it works as a, as a premise and then I'll go from there. I almost want to guarantee that your wife has absolutely no say on any of these, does she? Oh, no, she's actually really, really good with them. <laughs> no, there are definitely, there are plenty that she's, like, you're nuts. What is wrong with you? But, but like, she also knows that I'm, I want them to be funny, but there are, I also, there's a certain amount of them that, like, aren't necessarily designed to be funny so much as designed to get a laugh of the, what the fuck just happened Mm -hmm. variety. And, and I, some of those, she's like, well, that's not funny kind of thing. I'm like, I, I don't think I care if this one is funny or not, but, but, but most of them, like pretty much everything we talk about. And she usually, she's been to so many shows. Your wife will be that way in about. Bless all the wives. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you wives for coming to every show, including the bad ones. Um, and the bad ones. Um, but Brie and I'll, be together 16 years at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've been doing comedy before that. I mean, we met because she came to a comedy show and a comic she knew introduced her to me. Ah. Um, and so, you know, like she's sat through, I mean, she wasn't even tw- she wasn't even of legal drinking age when we started dating, <laughs> and and so like you know she'd come to a Stanford's and uh, open mic and when it was at 130 103rd and State Line, and oh, fuck. yeah where Clint's place then was for a while and and so you know sit in sit in the back of the room and not even be able to drink to you know take off the the harshness of having to sit through a whole fucking open mic. When was this? Um, th- so, uh, had been, t- we met in, like, January of 2007. 
Okay. And sh- and so it would have been there, and Stanford's had been there. I don't know how long they'd been there, but it was before they moved out to Legends. Yes, because they moved, they essentially ping pong around a couple of different right. places because they were at Le- when I first started, they were at Legends. Then they moved the state line. Then they moved back to Legends, and then they ended up somewhere in downtown. I only went to the downtown one once. Yeah, um, I've never. I never was at the downtown one. Um, and I never performed or saw an actual show when they were in Westport. See, they were in Westport before they were down there at 103rd and State Line. Yeah. Um, but, but they were, they had already been, um, down at State Line, 103rd and State Line for a few years whenever I started, whenever mm-hmm. I had started doing it. And I did my first open mic in 2004 and then probably it was 2005 again before I performed again. But after that I did it, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I took, I did the my first open mic maybe a week after I graduated high school. Uh, Andrea Kaspari, love Andrea Kaspari to death. Uh, one of my favorite people and probably my biggest one of my biggest mentors. Uh, took me, uh, brought me, uh, showed me around, and was just like, hey, this is where you go. Uh, and I remember going up performing. Uh, doing basic one liners, uh, and uh, Brett Schmidt was the host. And he was just like, get up for a first-timer. And everyone was like, yeah, you're such a good first-timer. And I got off, and Miguel Ruiz, uh, well, somebody else was there, and then Miguel was next to them, and they were like, hey, man, you really fun. Keep coming out. And I was like, thanks, man. And Miguel was just like, hey. <laughs> I was just like, hey, man, thanks. Uh, and then I didn't perform again for three months until, like, the end of July. Uh, and that was when they had moved to Overland Park. So I drove out there to the exact same set, uh, bombed that at that time. Obviously, it was the hardest I'd ever bombed. Yeah. Got very, very sad about it. <laughs> I got my car, cried, and then went home. I think I heard you. T- I think I heard you tell that to somebody on the podcast. I, I absolutely understand how somebody could feel that way, but I never <laughs> had that thing with them. I, 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 I ate shit there, but like I ate shit there in a way where I was like, well, of course they're in a bad mood. They're in a (laughs) bar run by the Glazers, you know, like I, I, like I never really like got down on myself. I, if I had a bad set or something, I would be like, well, Craig yelled at everyone before they even came into the room. You know what I mean? Like, I never, I never really got too down on myself for for uh, for anything that happened there. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, um, and uh, but yeah, I never, um, I never really got too down on myself. But but at the same time, like I get that, and I also, you know, I didn't perform until I was. Say twenty four, twenty five for the first time. I wasn't eighteen or nineteen either. But my gotcha. buddy Sam Norton was, and so like I, 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 I kind of got to like live some of that experience through him, um, and and so I, I, I a, a little bit, and he worked there at times too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I've only I only ever worked at Stanford's once, and uh, what was the other Craig, and then what was the other brother? Jeff. Yeah, Jeff forgot my name at least seven different times. I introduced myself as a different name every time. Yeah, and then he would just be like, "What's your name?" Yeah, I'd what, be like, what? "I'm Glenn." Hi, Glenn. Very nice to meet you again. Oh, Glenn. Wow. What was your name again? Oh, I'm Flynn. Flynn. Very nice to meet you. That's and, amazing. But no, I, so. 
Have you been married 16 years? Or have no, you just been No, we've with been her? married for seven years. Okay. Yeah, we got married in 2015. Okay. Um, and but we But we've been together for 16 years. We... We sort of picked our own um, anniversary kind of thing because we started dating in like January and February, and so like we sort of retroactively we just we retconned our anniversary, <laughs> and we're just like, uh, well, let's say it's Valentine's Day because like then like Valentine's Day means something, and like we started dating in that time, so we sort of randomly picked it. And then you can't ever forget it either, and then it kind of yeah. makes it. You're gonna you get exposed to Valentine's Day anyway, so if you we sort of went like, well, what if we just say that that's our anniversary, and then like, then it's fine if we have to deal with anniversary or like Valentine's Day stuff a little bit. Yeah, I for a while when Sierra and I were first dating, we were I don't know if I've talked about this on here, but I was in kind of a rock and a hard place because for a while there was something in every month. Like January, it's just like, oh, we got, I essentially associate New Year's Eve with January. Right. Uh, we got to do something there. Oh, Valentine's Day is February. Oh, my birthday, her birthday is in March. Okay, cool. We definitely have to do something there. Oh, we started dating in April. Okay, cool. We have to do, okay, there's nothing in May and June. Thank God. Oh, someone's having a birthday. Fuck me. We got to do something there. Oh, my birthday is in July. No, fuck me. We're not doing anything for my birthday in July. <laughs> And then when we got married in September, I was just like, okay, our anniversary is in September. I just need a couple of months to save up so that way we can do something in September for our anniversary. And she was like, okay. But we still, like, end up celebrating when our first date was. That's kind of that's kind of what we do, too, is, like, we kind of – like, she ended up being out of town for our wedding anniversary uh, in October this year mm-hmm. like she was out of town and then we both kind of like we knew she was going to be out of town and then we both kind of went like oh yeah I guess that's us our anniversary like we didn't really worry too much about it because we think of our we more pick that mm-hmm. like that Valentine's Day date that we sort of arbitrarily picked um, as like our more of like our real anniversary because that and that's the longer you know we've been together so much longer than our than our wedding anniversary that one feels like the important one so it does feel <clears throat> also sorry I'm not like sick I just have a lot of phlegm uh, which is the grossest word for snot uh, which is so wild that there is a grosser word for snot they, they beat it they managed they managed to they do managed. it we did it y'all <laughs> but um I mean to. I've never. I, this has been the longest relationship I've ever been with somebody, and I, I, I say it every time. I am very. I'm happy to be here. This is really cool. That's cool. Okay, you still want to be with me? That's amazing. I am surprised, but happy. But it does seem like one of those things where, like, when you have like a longer relationship, and nine. I mean. This is just coming from some schmuck, but nine years before you guys got married, was it just one of those things where you're like, well, it's not like in a rush or like, or just like life stuff kept happening? Um, no, I don't think either of us necessarily were all that worried about it. I mean, obviously social pressure, uh... Neither her mom definitely wanted us to get married. I mean, I'm sure all of our parents did, but like, but... But, um, no, I just, I don't think either of us really cared all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, I never, because I was a comic, like, I never had money. And then, like, <laughs> once I finally, like, 
kind of wasn't really doing comedy and like had an actual job that I actually really loved like then it was like oh well I'm actually like starting to like I can afford to you know pay a car payment instead of you know like have nothing (laughs) and and so like then it's like okay well then now it's like well maybe we should get married because like you know, like, there seems to be, like, we can actually afford to, as opposed to, like, why would we waste money to do the exact same thing that we're already doing? Yeah. So, so, um, luckily, you know, everybody's parents were mostly fine. I mean, I'm sure they hated it, but they were mostly <laughs> nice about it. So, you know, uh, yeah. I was very much in the book. Like, I was down from the get-go. First date on, I was just like, yo, I'm marrying her. I'm, and we're doing this. Uh, and I think, again, if I'm retelling stories to everyone that's heard these, sorry, but I, uh, when I proposed this year, I called my mom and said, hey, I was going to propose to her on my birthday. Uh, we're going down to her family for 4th of July. Do you think I should do it? And there was a pause where I could tell, like, my mom said, yes, I think that would be a good idea, <laughs> which is code for, yeah, you fucking idiot, go do it now. Yeah. What are you waiting for? You could screw this up in three weeks. Go do it. Yeah. And then I called her mom and I said, hey, uh, Miss Rebecca, um, we're coming down this weekend. I just want to ask, is it okay if I marry Sierra? And there was another long enough pause <laughs> Where I was like, oh, she's going to say no. And then I'm still going to do it. But no, thankfully she was like, yeah, I think that'd be great. Let me get all of her like family and grandparents together. And then she came and then the day of... Uh, it was still kind of in the midst of COVID, like in that first year, and everyone in the comics group chat was just like, "Yeah, man, I'm really worried about the virus. I think like stuff's going on. I think Fauci's actually right on this stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, guys, that's crazy. I'm about to propose to Sierra. That's crazy." And they're like, "Lynn, we actively don't give a shit. Proud of you, but we don't give a shit right now." And yeah. then we just walked out, and everyone was in cars, and she was just like, "Oh, you're about to do this." I was just like, "Yeah, I'm about to do this. That's cool." I um Bree's mom um basically got me aside and was like if I give you a ring like do you want to give it to Bree kind of like you know to her you know like she you know she was like because like it's your grandma's and stuff it's like you know there was like, okay. there was significance I, to it I, yes it's a family heirloom she, thing it was like you know like like if I just uh, buy no, it no. Can you please just give it to me <laughs> although she probably would have been happy to do so um um, but, um, but then I still didn't because like, I wanted to like do it right. But I, I mean, I think the same thing, like Bree and I both knew like that, that, you know, that was happening, but I also knew like she wouldn't want it to be like in front of other people kind mm-hmm. of thing or anything. So I kind of like thought about it for a while. And then like, we basically just had, um, a really nice meal at like the place I was working and stuff. And then I like proposed once we got back to our house, mm-hmm. but I, but I like <clears throat> did it in a funny way. Well, not a funny way, but like a fun way, I guess yeah. sort of thing. Um, um, here, there's no other reason other than I'll just tell you since we're talking about married people, comedy things. Uh-huh. I, I basically like, um, it, arrested development, the character, maybe like she always would do this, like marry me. Shit, that's yeah, like this yeah. ongoing like catchphrase thing. So basically, I I just like showed Bree this like cool 
card that somebody made and like Pinterest like doing the maybe thing and marry me and I did like uh oh and then like all of a sudden there's a ring in front of you like oh and I was like so will you and I was just like yes I pulled it off I was so happy I was so happy but yeah like I have an um arrested development uh related uh proposal story I guess so but um but yeah no um everybody was I mean everybody I think knew that it was happening we just mm. we like I said, everybody was probably way nicer about it than we had any right to deserve. I know. As long as we were together. No, I I was also in that boat of everyone be like, no, yeah, you guys are going to get married. I was like, because I was still freaking out of like, oh, she could still say no. Like, this could have all been a sham. Who would have thought? And uh, I also, uh, she gave me strict instructions to uh, do it privately, mm-hmm. not on a holiday, and it for just to be us and romantically. I did it in front of her family on 4th of July, and we filmed it. Uh, so I didn't – I was 0 for 3. Right. If you're 0 for 3 in anything, you usually get pulled out of the sport. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that – um, that's – um, I, I mean, I thought about doing the, like, do something in front of family thing. But then I realized, like, I didn't want that either. So, so uh, we didn't. Did, was she mad? She wasn't mad. She just wasn't expecting it because yeah. the other reason I did it was because family is – it's very big to her. It, it's its big to me, but I – for the majority of my life, I grew up with a mom, a dad, and then a grandmother before she passed away when I was 10. So I had like three like big family – there was a bunch of different aunts and uncles in there, but like in my household, though, like my mom and dad, and then I would go with my grandmother's like every weekend. Those are the big three. So I'm just like, okay, family is family. I'll see you on holidays. See you like every other month or whatever. But with her, she has such a huge family that like I just felt like, okay, there's no way I can't get them involved because this is a momentous occasion. Right. At least supposedly. And then uh, it was so funny because her grandparents were like far away. And they were just like, did he do it? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and then her like nieces were like, can we hug them now? I'm like, yeah, come on in. You can, you can touch us. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, in, in the middle of like COVID and everything. See, like, you yeah. know, we didn't have to deal with, with any of that stuff. So then, okay. So then like, how did it, did you guys live together before? Yes, we had, because I had, so I had never lived in an apartment before Sierra. I lived with my mom and dad. I uh, lived there until I was maybe like 24, maybe 25. Uh, and I, they were cool with it. And then one day she was like, hey, I'm thinking about moving. I'm going to move whether you come with me or not. But I'd like it if you came with me. I was like, I, she couldn't. I'm not going to lie. I filled in the rest of what she said. Because when she said I'm moving, I was just like, yes, 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 yes. Um, and so we moved into an apartment. And we lived together for like a year so that way we made sure we knew each other's tendencies, which feels safe. Like, it just feels like the safest way to do that. Yeah, I am. Um, I've read or heard before that, like, people that, like, statistics-wise, like, people who live together are actually statistically more likely to get divorced and, and like, something like the science behind well, that, it was... Well, that's very nice, Gabe. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming on here and be like, yo... We I, live together, too. Yo, no, we you want to talk about too. statistics, brother? Uh, oh, wait a minute. Okay, but the divorce is also 50-50, so... Oh, yeah. no. Uh, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> um, no, because I think... And I think they thought the science behind it was, if I recall correctly, was that, like, because people that live together, like, 
then, like, even if they thought it was a bad idea to go ahead and get married, they, like, felt obligated, I think was, like, is, uh, is that they, like, created this obligation. And, and it was sort of this, this, like, yeah, and I remember reading that and thinking, like, well, I, that may be scientifically, you know, accurate, but, like, that still seems like a better option because even if you end up getting divorced, you're you're better off not being together still. So yeah. I think it's still better if you go ahead and move in together and figure out that, like, no, we should not be together. I still think that's better for everybody. This next gen- these next couple of generations are going to be interesting to watch because I always have a theory and that's kind of not necessarily been proven, but, like, my parents' generation, my grandmother's generation, they just kind of did stuff because that was how it was done. And then, like, my, my parents are a little bit older. They're in their 60s now. So, like, the people that are in their, like, uh, 50s, 40s, and 30s, now it's like, okay, I grew up in a household where my parents were together for 40 years and they should have been split up after 10. So I don't want to get stuck into that. So we're going to take this forever. And then even then... Some of them were only together because they felt like they had to be. So this next generation, I don't know what it's called. The, the, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> them Gen Zers or whatever. But, like, this next generation coming up, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how marriage actually works for them. Because, like, they people will have kids before with somebody before they get married to them, which is... I don't want to say that's insane because live your life, do it however it you want to do it. It seems weird to me, though, for sure. It seems very interesting to be like, I don't want to share half my shit, but I will create a person with you. Yeah, it does. It feels very odd. I, I, I absolutely know what you mean. But but I don't know. Like, It still seems to me better off that everybody um, gets away from one another if, uh, if they shouldn't be. But see, you know, like at the same time... My parents, like, met, like, just out of high school, and they just had their 50th wedding anniversary. And that's beautiful. Also, woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, like, it's so, like, I, you know, it's, I don't know. I, everybody's different, but, like, yeah, I, I definitely think we need to get away from the, um, the, like, such pressure to, like, the get, mar- get married thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I heard you say on the podcast that, like, you, you guys have been together, what, like, three years or something before it, you... Yes, we had been together for almost three, a little bit, actually, a little bit over... We got engaged at two, and then we got married at three years. That seems like a reasonable amount of time to me. And, like, I, I keep in mind, like, we, we dated for nine years before. Yeah. But, but, but again, I, I think both of us knew after a couple that, like, oh, well, this is happening. It's just we didn't, like, we weren't worried about it. Um, and so, like, I, I think, like, if you – but, like, that seems like a reasonable amount of time. When I hear somebody go, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, my mom and dad were only knew each other for six months before they got married or whatever. And I, I you know, I know a few – I know a few, like, parents, friends kind of things that knew – like, oh, we dated six weeks before we got married. And, I mean, it, they're still married. Good, good for you. But that's because nobody tells you the story of the person that they knew for six weeks that they were married. That, like, they never, you know what I mean? Like, not if they ever found love again. <laughs> Dude, I had a teacher. Again, I, again, I've done enough of these where I don't remember if I told the story or not. But I had a teacher that knew his wife for five months before they got married. And they're still together. He's actually a hero. He, like, stopped a school shooting out of everything. Whoa. And he, like, took a bullet. He lived through it, too. It was fucking <laughs> wild. That's uh, crazy. Salute to you, sir. Uh, okay, we are... We're kind of coming towards the end of this. Um, 
we have all the time in the world. We have two questions. One of them I just kind of wrote down, and the other one is my uh, the kind of critique of this. Do you have a favorite Christmas thing? We're in the holiday season. Do you celebrate oh. Christmas? Actually, I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I'm one of those non-religious, I, but I generally am fine with holidays. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely a Christmas person. Side um, note: Everyone go see Violent Night. I saw it last night. It was fucking wonderful. I. <laughs> I the trailer looks kind of wonderful. I'm kind of excited. So, I laughed so fucking really? hard. Okay, I love it so much. Good. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. So. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am. I'm definitely a Christmas person. Um, you know, if if it's like my favorite Christmas thing, I, I'm gonna be the fucking hipster nerd who says that it's probably Nightmare Before Christmas. I was like, that's me. because like I just, I mean, I just love it so much. The music is so good, but like I really do like it is such a like a sweet movie in its way too. Like yeah. it, you know, has like a valuable lesson a little bit and stuff. As much as anything does, um, and and uh, yeah, the music is just so good. So yeah, I just really really love um, yeah that one. Uh, that would probably be. Um, and then um, there's something sort of fun about just a, like a Christmas comedy show. I don't yeah. I, I, I don't know I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't really know that I have any like Christmas like like some Christmas show that like stands out in memory, but I, I just kind of I just kind of there's something kind of fun about like going into the comedy club or of any or, or any comedy club. But like you know, like when you like when you get those rare places that are like cool clubs to work or, you know, you know and and you you just sort of like see it like dressed up like a house is, but for the holidays kind of thing. There's something kinda of magical about that because it's like this sort of like gorgeous little I mean I just love comedy and so like getting being able to have a holiday at work which is really this like you know dream job kind of thing is you know it's you know it's magical a little bit i can't help that it is very like i i don't know what it is every year going into the holiday season i'm always just like yeah thanksgiving's fine yeah i like christmas but i'm not gonna get crazy and then like the black friday hits we get home after thanksgiving i'm like oh my god it's christmas time we need to go shopping everybody i am so excited yeah i uh, i'm not a i'm not a shopping person but i am definitely like uh like a being uh like outside and seeing light stuff i, I work out i work outside and one of my jobs for a really long time was to like just collect like mm-hmm. greenery for like wreaths and Christmas decorations and stuff. So like I had, or well, and a huge part of my job was helping put up Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey everybody, go to Powell Gardens and enjoy the hey, Christmas Powell display. Powell Gardens, go in and watch them. Um, <laughs> um, did Craig Glazer? Was that Craig Glazer? No. Um, <laughs> Powell Gardens. Powell Gardens. Powell Gardens. Uh, listen here, brother. Um, anyways, uh, but. Um, but yeah, and so like I, I spent several years of a job that like one of my jobs was to prep for Christmas, you know, and so like I, 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 I've got a little bit of a weird like love where because I also worked at Borders and so we always had a like a Christmas season there mm-hmm. too. But uh, I weirdly don't have that like retail hate for it. I kind of have this weird like nostalgic love for it. I, where you're I, just smoking a cigarette, just like ah, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, Lord, little, little baby. A little bit. 
I don't smoke cigarettes, but yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. All right, we are finally down to not the last question, but one of the last questions. Uh, like I do with everyone on here, I always give them a chance to talk about uh, something that you feel like doesn't get brought up enough, uh, something you don't get to talk about enough, or something that isn't, uh, like I said, talked about enough. What is something that you feel like does not get talked about enough, Gabe? Um, okay, this is going to be so jerk-offy. <laughs> um, I, um, I just... I'm, I really was excited about the podcast because I really like that it's just all about Kansas City comedy. I genuinely do. Like, I, I was really excited um, when I started listening. I wanted to listen so I knew what, it, knew what to expect. But I was really excited um, to talk about Kansas City comedy. I, um, coming back to comedy is, like, such a big thing for me. And, uh, and, um, yeah, Kansas City comedy is what doesn't get talked about enough. Like, I, um, I just, I just am really excited to be back and, um, and doing stuff. And, um, I kind of, um, I kind of just love funny people. And, uh, I'm just really excited to be back and do, uh, funny stuff. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I think that was kind of, kind of be my, my thing that doesn't get talked about is I just, I just want everybody to know how good everybody in this town is. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, um, God, I just, shows and the people that, I mean, an open mic list around here, you know, if you could weed out people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, like, there is so much talent, except for the people that are. God damn it, you um, guys need to leave. Is, is, I mean, is as good as any showcase list, you know, around. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, like, I'm, I'm really excited about Casey Comedy, and I'm, and I'm glad to be back. I, um... I, I I guess I'm sort of forced to be, but I, um, well, I'm not planning on moving. I'm not trying to, like, get famous at this. I just want to do what I want to do. Mm. And so, like, that means I got to do that here. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless I want to move someplace else, and if I eventually do, I will. But, like, I live here, you know, our families are from around here, that kind of thing. And I don't want to road dog it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't have, I don't want to be away from my wife for, you know, all the time. You know, like, we, we like, are way too good of friends to, like, like, want to, like, not hang out all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I don't want to do that. And so, like, if I don't want to do that, I got to, like, create something. And, and, and what I want to create is, like, a Kansas City scene that, like, makes people want to move here to do comedy. And not mm-hmm. just from, like, a, you know, the neighboring areas kind of thing. Like, I want KC to be funny i mean it is and and like i like i want everybody to know so that that's my jerk offy thing to say that uh it doesn't get talked about enough how's that i don't think that's jerk offy at all i think that's a fair point because I, I feel almost the same uh companionship about the city's uh comedy community here because like i could there's 
20, 30 people I could name off the top of my head right now, and I probably will here in a second, that they should be on more shows or they should be doing more stuff and more people should talk about them. Like, I'm so happy. Like, I love it. I, like, I'm sad whenever they move, but when uh, Joe and Dorian and Dayton all, like, moved and they're all, like, doing cool things, like, Joe, Joe's got fucking half, like, a half a million TikTok followers. Uh, everyone go follow Joe Nunnick. Uh, one day you will be on this po- podcast, Nunnick, but it won't be today. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like, it's just so fun to, like, watch your, like, friends, like, succeed and, right. like, move away and go do cool stuff and realizing that they can't, like, just be who they're meant to be here. And I, and I cannot wait for that for me. I can't wait to have that moment where I'm like, I feel like I should go because I do feel like I still have a lot to learn. I feel like I still have a lot to grow here. There's plenty of stuff that I haven't had the chance to do yet in this city. I talked about that on a different episode, uh, but I'm, I'm, and I'm very thankful to be here. I'm very thankful that I'm in this community where I, and I get that there's pockets. I get that there's little like dumb pockets or whatever. Of, oh, that's the cool click in comedy or that's the click that doesn't get booked on shows comedy. Well, maybe you don't get booked on shows because you're not funny. I'm sorry, but we need to talk about it, Gabe. We need to talk about maybe you don't get booked on shows because you're not funny. Yeah, people, um, it's, there's so much. The whole trying to get book thing is is a pain. I, I, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. It's the hardest part of doing it for the awkward weirdos that are actually funny. Mm-hmm. And and it it's definitely a huge chunk of why I like was burned out on it. Mm-hmm. But, but it's also a little bit our own fault sometimes because everybody, so much of comedy comes from like anger and annoyance and finding your way of like finding this little thing that triggered you and like how to like turned it into something else mm-hmm. and like it it kind of requires you to dwell on things mm-hmm. in this sort of let's call it quasi negative way <laughs> um, <laughs> that that like makes it easy to not have fun um sometimes yeah um and and that's n- I it's I don't know that that's a that's a side effect that I don't know that there's any solution to, um, but attitude from us and and I guess and 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 so I, it's 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 less about people not being funny is it's fine to not be funny is what it's not okay to do is not like learn to grow from that you know yeah. it's one thing it's one thing to just not be funny or not be for everybody but but like it it's entirely different to like be a 
is a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> which is what you which is what usually comes out if you're not that funny. Yeah, and it's uh it is one of those things. Again, I if I called you not funny, I didn't mean it to hurt your feelings. Just please learn. Uh because I I had that. I wasn't funny for a long time. I was a funny person, I just didn't have funny jokes. And I learned. I remember the moment that I I know the exact moment people were like, Oh, he can be funny and I, and I will probably I don't think I've ever talked about it on this podcast but I'll probably bring it up at some point uh, later on uh, it, it involves uh, someone going crazy on stage and then me having to follow them if that rings a bell in anybody's head uh, then that's the moment I I uh, people thought I could be funny and it's more about oh people it's more you need to believe in yourself, but you're on stage, so you're already halfway there. But other people need to believe in you too, because they're the ones that have to pay tickets, and they're the ones that'll book your own sh- book you on shows. And if uh, unless you're booking your own shows, uh, Aaron Naylor once said on this podcast, every comedian needs to eventually run his own show, uh, and I think he's right in a way because we need more. Because I'm not going to fault a club for not booking people because there's there's two maybe three like major clubs in this entire city and there's a hundred to 200 comics that are all trying to work the one weekend there and and basically everyone's funny and i don't mean and i don't mean like everyone's funny Mm -hmm. but but in terms of savviness like the people that can't do it at all fall away really quickly and 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 you only have to see that person you'll see another version of that person <laughs> you'll, you'll definitely you're gonna see 50 different versions of that person but but that person falls away but there's nothing to really be done about that because that's always new people sort of coming in and mm-hmm. going away yeah um and 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 it is it is sort of it's a it's a learning experience but but there's also something to be said what you said you knew you were funny even if you weren't funny on stage yet necessarily and like that that's i think an important thing and it's not a, hell i i've no comics that I knew it before they realized it kind of thing or vice versa kind of thing where you're just like like man that person is shitty but like there's something there kind of, you know what i yeah. mean like you you know like they're not that you know i don't mean shitty in like a bad way i mean you're just like no god and like, like you you're just, just not doing this but man you, if you weren't getting in your own way so bad kind of thing there are people like that <laughs> you know and then you see somebody turn the corner and then all of a sudden you're like holy shit that person's so fucking funny <laughs> like i've heard i've heard chicago comics tell that story about Hannibal Burris. That makes sense. You know, and they're like, you know, he just had, they were just like, he was this interesting weirdo, but like he wasn't <laughs> funny. And then, and then like once, you know, like I've heard, I've heard Chicago comics say that. And like, I know Kansas City comics that, that that's, you know, like where you're just like, oh, and then all of a sudden it sort of starts to come together. And I'm sure that happens everywhere. So I'm sure it does too. Yeah. I uh, I consider you an interesting weirdo in the best way possible. That and is uh, definitely true, and uh, <laughs> and that is very much by design right now. Like I purposely came back to this. Like I want to be completely different than everybody else. So so like 
I'll just start doing the thing. Like, I want to do the things that only I can do, you know, that are truly, like, original to me and, mm. and stuff. And, and so that is very much what... So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Sure. And thank you so much for being on this uh, episode of You Have a Lot of Options. Do you have anything you want to plug or anything that you're coming up that you want to um, I'm sure this will not be out by then, um, but um, it'll help plug it for ongoing and in the future. Um uh, former podcast guest uh, Pat McCarthy. Uh, I'll be on um, uh, Jay Petty and the Straits. Oh, Petty uh, and the Straits! Petty Wonderful. and the Straits is uh, Saturday at ten. Um, so I'll be on that this week. Um, but uh, if this doesn't go out till after then, Petty and the Straits win another good Kansas City comic. Will Saturday, be there, December tenth. So. Tenth. Yes. yes. Saturday, December tenth at ten o'clock. So I'm just doing a quick one-off to open. Um, he. Uh, Petty, Jay sent me in, Jay sent me a message yeah. and, and asked me to do uh, a bit, which is what I'd been waiting for is for somebody to, um, I hadn't requested anybody put me on a show, I'd been mm-hmm. waiting for somebody to see a bit that they like and go, hey, will you come do that at my yes. show? Yes. And, and he sent me a message and, and that was exactly what I'd been waiting for. So that made me very, very happy. So. Real quick, in under a minute, one, did you have fun? Yes, I did. Two, are we friends? Yes, we are. Hell yes. Three, who is somebody, if I had them on this podcast, you'd be like, that'd be cool, that'd be someone cool to listen to. Um, Sam Talent. Oh, I love Sam Talent. That's so got to be a doable person. We know there's not enough people that, that they've got to be able to get. You got to be able to make that, that. feels doable. Uh, I love Sam so much. I have so many Sam stories that he doesn't know he's a part of. But <laughs> I love. I uh, I love watching him. He's one of my favorite comics, and I love everyone listening to this. Uh, you have a lot of options. I'm glad you picked this to be one of the choices for podcasts to listen to. As always, I am your host, Lynn Navertel. I am Gabe Perry, and we will see you next week, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.